All right, y'all, welcome to another episode of the Good Newscast. It is good to have you listening. We are done. <laughs> we are done with uh, uh, the series we did on race. We did maybe six episodes on race and racism in the gospel. So do you feel like a little lighter? Is that why you... Honestly, not really, yeah. <laughs> I, because every time we would record those, and I think I would say this to you when we'd be done recording, uh-huh. I was like, man, I feel like either what I just said was like way too simple or there's just a thousand different yeah. rabbit trails right. that I always like want to chase down and talk about everything. And I don't know. Um, yeah. A- anyways, and then you learn, I don't know, even like learning stuff and wishing you could, yeah. oh, I wish I would have said this or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, glad to be uh, done with it. Um, we today we're going to talk about um, a little bit of the sermon, a mini sermon series that Jeff is preaching through stories from the dark. Yeah, stories from the dark. Um, where we're just uh, as we do all, all, always in our sermons, but especially um, fixing our eyes on Christ from the dark. Very much related mm-hmm. to this just crazy, insane 2020 of COVID. Uh, obviously, the election. Um, it's still going it's on wild. apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, right. So, and it's still happening and uh, whatnot. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Last night we had a night of unity and mission, we called it, for our church here in Waco to talk about really who we are as a church, what what's really the engine of, the, of this church, hmm. uh, the driver, what, what matters, and really where are we really looking to go uh, mm-hmm. as a church. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And it's probably worth saying that that really, first and foremost, we do this podcast for our church, for Redeemer here in Waco and, and our church body. And then, and then of course, um, anyone else who uh, has pleasure in listening. So, you know what we haven't done in a while, too, dude? A cookie review? Yes. I know. I almost... Cookie review? We haven't... Yeah. I almost got one today, actually. I was driving away. I was like, oh, I need a cookie yeah. review to like start having some fun with this thing. Uh but it's kind of it's kind of like expressive or evident of how these past eight months have been. Like True. The cookie review went to the True. Wherever it went. Yeah. <laughs> it went where bad cookies go, I guess. Or yeah. 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 Um, man, I will tell you what though. I had some an insane batch of Subway cookies the other night. Oh gosh, Subway cookies. Yeah, four. I did two separate what, nights where I went chip? and got four chocolate, chocolate chip. chip. Yep. Four chocolate chips. Chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, uh, after I finished all my Presbytery stuff, I uh, Which went and, congratulations, yeah, thank by you. the way, again. Yeah. Uh, no small got, feet. Got four cookies um, yeah, I to would celebrate. Too. So. Did you, do you dunk? No. Yeah, you're but not. But I do, I do drink like a big glass of milk, but I don't dunk. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty like basic. Yeah. I think that's what my sister called me a couple weeks ago. With she food, did. Like, basic. Hmm. I just am like a purist. It's like when I dunk it, there's something about it that's like I want a big gulp of milk. And a bite of the chocolate chip cookie, but I enjoy those purely on their Separate. own. That's wild. But I do dunk Oreos. Oh. No, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. Like an Oreo. Kind no, of Oreos have to be dunked. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, boy. I think I need some cookies, too. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, did you ever try it before we move on? Yeah. Did you ever try that cookie at HEB? That, like, that big gourmet I, Belgian... I I don't even know what it's called. I know it's what like you're a monster about. cookie. I haven't since we talked about it. I have before. Okay. Was it too much? I need to try it again. Yeah. It was overwhelming to me. I mean, like overwhelming with sugar. I need to try it again. Yeah. Yeah. But but, but I anyhow. do love HEB's like normal chocolate chip cookies. Like a good batch of those is really good. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there's a theme here um yeah like i'm the what am i i'm like the uh <laughs> the gourmet cookie and man you like that subway cookie yeah i mean yeah. honestly like as like i for some reason subway heb like these places i would never think yeah it turns out and it's not even it's actually not even up for debate anymore if you're watching the news turns out these places do have the best chocolate chip cookies so um a lot of that a lot of that research and study is getting clouded by a lot of this election mess but Mm. if you if you really tune in but you yeah yeah so i think it's a i think it's a 2 a.m cnn show i bet it is dude um all right, uh, so, I'll let you talk uh, about, about what uh, are we talking about? Again? Yeah, who knows? Honestly, who cares anymore? <laughs> um, the clock's just ticking down till we get cookies. Yes. Stories from the dark. Stories from the dark. Some of the texts that you've mm-hmm. looked at and uh, and preached, and what has really I'd love to know just kind of what's stood out to you, gripped your heart. If it's Harry Potter, if anybody can hear that, just Sorry, phone going off. I don't think it comes through the mic at all. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, so we did Esther, and the, the theme of Esther was kind of like the mystery of the missing God, right? So mm-hmm. it's almost like every text became an occasion to find the missing God. Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, since we're still in this uh, whatever we're in, the age of corona or whatever we're calling these past eight months and everything that's transpired here, um, went with that same kind of theme uh, where you're trying to find God in a dark text. So where's the light in a dark text? So that's what started. I'm not sure how much longer it's going to go, but you know, so far uh, we've looked at Jacob where he was alone in the dark. And then we looked at uh, Job who was alone in the ashes. Uh, And then we've looked at Paul who's alone in abuse or persecution, which we saw in Acts. And so again, it was, uh, taking very seriously the darkness by which these three, and then we're going to eventually get Rahab, I think next week, um, where she's going to be alone in sin and, uh, just kind of keep that. I don't know how much longer it'll go, but we'll go with that and just take very seriously that human condition. And then, um, looking, so that's the part of the story from the dark and then looking at how God breaks into the dark, how God works in the dark. Uh, what the light is in the dark. Uh, and there's a, a different kind of shade of that darkness, right? So with Jacob, you know, he was alone in the dark, and uh, he actually was wrestling with God in the dark, and he had been wrestling with God his whole life. And uh, and the story that kind of pushed him over the edge was the climax of he and his brother, who he had been literally wrestling with uh, since they were babies, twins in their mother's womb. And then, uh, and then you go to Job and, and, you know, Job not only is, uh, well, Job is basically embodied suffering and, uh, nobody in fact, when you mention his name, it's, it's a kind of a, a frightening thing. We just hope it's not contagious that we don't Mm -hmm. get whatever he had. Right. Um, but just kind of moving into that story too and seeing how at the end of that first scene with him, he's literally outside the community. He's an outcast. He's outside his people. He's outside in the ash heap or the dumpster, so to speak, where they burn all the trash. And literally he's alone in the ashes. Even his wife uh, left him alone, abandoned him. So, uh, and how... God met him there 
Um, and then with Paul, uh, Paul, I, gosh, I love Paul. Uh, in fact, I remember uh, asking one of my children after uh, our summer, I brought him into the study and I said, hey, what, what would you like to, to hear uh, in the fall? And it was, I want to hear about Paul. So I love that uh, my kids have that same kind of passion for Paul and how God used him and what he was all about. And so anyhow, when you have Paul, just unreal. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy gets stoned by a mob in Lystra. He's dragged outside, just like Job, outside the city mm-hmm. of Lystra, left for dead. Um, and as his disciples gather around him, you know, you could just see those eyes pop open him, him sit up or whatever he did. The text said he rose up, which is Luke, a very intentional phrase for Luke. Um, and then went back into the city. And then he went after he had, after he had gone back into the city the next day, he walked 60 miles. I mean, this is unbelievable. 60 miles to Derby to preach the gospel. And then, uh, Leicester was the end of a three-circuit uh, gospel trip, and in every one of those, he was persecuted. Every one of those, he was abused. And then the text at the end <laughs> says he went back to all three. So just seeing how, what what did he, how did he survive a stoning, you know? How did he survive um, abuse? And if Job, it was how did he survive suffering? And then with uh, with Jacob is like, how did he survive himself and wrestling with God mm-hmm. his whole life? So anyhow, it was uh, it was good to walk into those stories from the dark and find find Jesus and His salvation as the light of the world in that darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we were doing, and yeah, I was thinking about um, a lot of those stories. You can very much, I mean, can hit in different ways, whether it's Job with suffering and everything that's happened with, with COVID or even if it's not, you know, COVID directly and more, um, uh, the, just the, the real suffering, uh, surrounding it. You know, you think about a lot of kids, especially our youth who, you know, are having to like quarantine for 14 days. They're perfectly healthy got to stay home alone or whatever both yeah. parents may work or their single parent may work and there's home alone like mm-hmm. it's not directly related to covid but um but it it's related you know and just that that suffering coming from the outside Job's yeah. suffering coming out outside or yeah even the ways that it's pushed us into ourselves in many ways in isolation or whatever yeah where we're having to like wrestle with who we are uh, you know, and without um, a doubt, and the the darkness that's still present in ourselves. Um, it seems like over these past eight months that um, it's clear. I mean, it's pretty much clear to pastors and church leaders, and it's clear now in the materials that are being written and the blogs that are being posted, and it's clear just in pastoral care here and other pastors that I know of doing pastoral care that uh, there is a booming, growing, uh, deep feeling of being disconnected from God, disconnected from one another, and disconnected from mission, Mm -hmm. from purpose. Um, So, you know, you got to look at that and you got to say, how did that just happen in COVID? Mm -hmm. You know, how how does that happen? Um, 
And I think it's important to realize that for most of us, uh, COVID uh, was what revealed what was already there. Mm-hmm. In other words, it had always been there. There had always been this uh, low center of gravity or this low-grade fever of feeling disconnected from God, disconnected from others, friendships, community, uh, disconnected from mission. And what COVID did is it came crashing into our lives. It came from the outside in and hit us. And what was in our hearts comes tumbling out for us to see, right? And um, I think it's important for the church and it's important for church leaders. It's important for me. It's important for all of us to realize that's a pretty universal feeling and a pretty universal condition that people are experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And the tendency uh, is to not see that, Mm -hmm. is to not see that it it was already there inside our hearts and just got revealed. Um, the tendency is to now look around for some other source to blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why you can see a lot of discontent and um, emptiness and brokenness being projected into many, many different directions, mm-hmm. uh, possibly to blame or possibly to express what's already been there, that mm-hmm. COVID has just revealed about all of us. Uh, so maybe, you know, even with uh, the fact that the church is having this deep sense of disconnection from mission, might be exposing to all of us our lack of what a true mission is mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the mission of the church? Um, and what actually... Uh, connects us to each other, mm-hmm. and what is it that connects us to God? Uh, and so this is a this could be a great opportunity for us to actually press into the real solution or the real answer to those that deep need, overwhelming feelings that um, many are now expressing in a corporate way universally in the church. So I think this is actually could be a great opportunity for. Um, the real way we connect with God, the real way we, what's the engine that connects us to each other and what's the real mission of the church could actually be recovered or rediscovered or put forward as, oh, I'm, you know what, I'm going to, I'm actually going to believe that that's true, that that is what does that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm seeing these times and that's how I think in our church is why we had that unity and mission night was to reset on that. Mm-hmm. What is what is the mission and vision of the church? What is the church about? What connects us to God and connects us to each other? Uh, what addresses that deep feeling of disconnection with God, one another, and mission? Uh, yeah, th- there, there's a real um, shaking that's happened in the church that that I, I remember I told you. I think I was I think I was maybe scrolling through Instagram or something and saw some quote, and it was something along the lines of. When the preferences of a church are a bigger deal than Jesus, the church is dying. Yeah. And um, that quote really hit me for a number of reasons. But, but even even just like the, the illustration or the picture of like a church in process of dying because, you know, its eyes aren't fixed on Christ, but it, you know, it's hanging on to like certain preferences. And so it feels great. Like everyone's happy, right? Um everyone's happy and having a good time and because they have these preferences met or something. And then COVID comes along and shakes the church where those preferences just necessarily go away or or whatever it might be. Right. Right. 
and um, and I, I I can't imagine a single church not having some of those realities bubble to the surface during COVID, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. and we're no different. And uh, there's things I think that we've learned about uh, our church, and that that includes us, right, as right. as members uh, right. of the church as well as leaders, but that that we've seen that that shakes you and uh and you can either go to christ and realize wow okay maybe in this area we're not really fixing our eyes on christ right um or or, or whatever it might be and so it's like we have two options like chase down uh, a a man-centered thing a preference whatever it might be or in this reality we need to fix our eyes on christ like i'm thinking about the reality of community mm-hmm. and relationships and um just to pivot to these two things because we talked about this last night we talked about we want to be a church that 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 fundamentally in in everything is fixing our eyes on christ yeah it is at the center of what of who we are and what we do is not community or mission right or this program or this thing at the center of what we do and who we are and the engine and, and is jesus yeah uh, Christ and Him crucified, yep. um, and then these two, and then, and then what I talked about is these two amazing realities that when you think about holiness and you think about Christ changing us, so much of it is relational in context. You know, um, uh, a lot right. of times we think of holiness in terms of like individualistic terms. Your quiet time, yes, my quiet time my alone. Spirituality. Read the Bible, pray. Yeah. I just did what God requires of me, and everything else on top is kind of a bonus. Right. But really, when you look at the commands of God and you look at at exhortations to to the churches in the New Testament, um, it's it's always this: love one another, stop fighting, mm-hmm. stop sleeping with your mother-in-law. You know, like right. whatever it is. Right. First Corinthians, <laughs> like all this stuff. <laughs> So That's in the Bible. Love each other. Uh, be of the same mind. Serve one another. Bear with one another's burdens. Yeah. Be patient with her. And so, anyway, for, for I know for us here, that is this. We have this renewed emphasis and and desire to see yeah. our people connected. Like I, if I could snap my fingers and have like one reality, it would be that every person at Redeemer wakes up with three people, five people, ten people that. When suffering hits their life, um, or their birthday rolls around, you know, text messages fly. Yeah, suffering just hit. Hey guys, yeah. group text. I need prayer. Yeah. Um. Or, or you know, uh, you get a text that's like, "Dude, I can't believe you didn't tell me it was your birthday yesterday." Right. You know, I'm right. so ticked off, and right. I'm bringing you something right now. Yeah. It's like I would want that for every person. Yeah, that it's like I've got this squad in my life, this yep. crew, and we do church together, yep. and we roll together, and we love each other, and we're committed to one another. And when things get ugly uh, between us, and there's conflict, that's where we hear Ephesians say, "Forgive one another, yeah. as Christ has forgiven you. Be tender with one, be patient with one another." Um, just this real sense of of community. And last thing I'll say. Um, then you can have the last word, is that as C.S. Lewis talked about, which you maybe just mentioned uh, here, is friends grow together by looking at a common aim. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this recently. You've talked about it, like the military, like your best friends are people you go to war with. Yeah. And war might have been intramural soccer, right, <laughs> at college. <laughs> right. Um, or it, it you know, might have been Afghanistan. But 
uh, you go to war with someone, you go to battle, you become friends. And a yep. lot of times I think that that's actually the answer to friendship is like, hey, I don't really know you, you don't know me, mm-hmm. but you know what? Let's like uh, throw a, a block party for our neighbors. Let's see if anyone shows up from the neighborhood Yep. just to get to know the people we live around. As you do those things on mission, as you seek to make Christ known and love the community, suddenly you're going to look up and be like, whoa, dude, we just became like really good friends. Without a doubt, dude. I mean, it's like... That's what's so exciting, I think, about this time. If the church and if the individuals in the church, if we Christians and then the church bodies that we're in recognize that COVID has revealed this deep disconnection, feelings of disconnection from God, one another, and mission, and that this is the time to actually put forth to everybody what is it that actually does connect us to God, connects us to one another, and connects us to mission? And so when C.S. Lewis said in those four loves, he said that lovers look at each other, they admire and they adore each other, they talk to each other about their love for each other, right? They're face-to-face with each other, but he said that friendship, though, is not like that. In fact, if friendship is like that, it actually ruins the friendship. Mm-hmm. Friends don't face each other face to face, friends are actually side by side looking at something else. And he said there's this great line where he's just like, you're standing side by side with someone and you look at them and you're like, what? You too? You know, you're both looking at the same thing. And so, and the Bible's real clear what that same thing is. And, And this can be a time where we are all recapturing what it is we look at, which is Jesus and his salvation. And Paul couldn't be clearer about that. He said he decided, he determined to know nothing but that. Mm -hmm. And notice that he said, I decide. Yeah. You know, he could have decided to look at something else, Mm -hmm. but he's telling the church, uh, I decided to know nothing Mm -hmm. but Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Savior. And that is the engine that actually connects us with God, connects us to each other, and uh, makes us that band of brothers and sisters, um, and that is the mission. And I think this could be a very exciting time if that radically gets recaptured, mm-hmm. that we actually push harder into it. Uh, where we have said here in, in this church since its founding that a gospel vision has been the vision. Uh, I guess what I would be saying now to myself and to, to all of us in leadership and to all of us that uh, are committed to this church Let's get even more radical about that. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I'm done playing church, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who wants to play church? Yeah. And who wants to, to look at something else that actually is powerless? And Paul addresses that too. He says, listen, religious people, church people, the Jews, they look for signs, power signs to activate God Oh, there's God because we did these strategies and these techniques and we did these how-tos and we applied these laws and these lists and all of a sudden God's activated in our life and our relationships and mission. And he says that's what religious people tend to do. And then he said that irreligious people tend to look to reason, wisdom. And we see that in our culture right now, right? We see that in the academy. We see that just even in our talk of race and racism and race dynamics and relationships that uh, there seems to be a lot of wisdom that mm-hmm. people are running to, to find mission, to find whether big business media or social media platform. I mean, we can go on and on about mm-hmm. that, right? Uh, but Paul says there's something, though, that actually appears weak 
to the religious and appears foolish to the those pursuing reason. Mm-hmm. And that's the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say again that the the gospel uh, turns the foolishness into wisdom and turns the weakness into strength. And so I just think we need to double down, be more radical and push into it and ask God to work that way in us, in the church, certainly here at Redeemer, but the church universal as well. What is our only hope in life and in death that we belong not to ourselves but to Jesus? It's our hope not only thinking about our death, it's our hope in this life, day to day. We belong to Jesus. We're looking to Jesus, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. I love that when Paul tries to summarize, like, where am I looking? Where am I focused? The life I'm wa- like walking around day to day in my sandals or my Nikes, whatever they had. When was Nike established? Was that before uh, or after Christ? I think that was around 30 BC. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think, the, um, I think the Romans had it first. Um, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Hmm. So, you know, trusting him, he loves me. All right, there's like my course, you know. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, All right, thanks for listening, guys. We will come back. We've got some uh, fun topics that we were just discussing today that we are going to start tackling, um, getting back into um, really probably what we probably most enjoy, and that's just wading through the waters of theology and and the Bible and um, uh, whatnot. So uh, talking, yeah, so we've got some fun stuff lined up that we're excited to dive into. Uh, Until then, peace. But if we do like, get in trouble we'll we'll spin off into some of those other topics right of course <laughs> hey if and you know if we haven't been in trouble in a while it'd be nice all right <laughs> guys forgive him i said peace and he continued <laughs> to talk just forgive him oh sorry peace <laughs>